the murder of King James. It's a shocking theory that the ailing James VI and I was murdered by the man he called his wife, George Villers, Duke of Buckingham. Worse, Buckingham acted with James's heir, the future Charles I. The method they chose was a Jacobean favourite, poison. Can this really be true? It was to be a charge that the prosecuting lawyer at Charles's trial in 1649 was keen to bring before him. I am the historian Leander Delisle, uncovering the Tudors and Stuarts behind the myths. The murder story begins late on the night of 25th March 1625, when a royal servant in the pay of the Habsburgs wrote a dramatic report to his spymasters from Tybalt's palace in Hertfordshire. The 50-year-old King James had a tertian ague, but had survived such fevers many times before. He was recovering well until Monday last, 21st March, when he was forced to take a plaster on his stomach and a scurvy drink inwards. Buckingham, who had risen from obscurity to great power as James's favourite, had provided the medicines and not informed any of the doctors what he was doing, though eight were in the house. The spy's report was accurate. On the Monday night, James had drunk a syrup provided by Buckingham and had cried that it had made him burn and roast. The next night, James had asked what the cordial was. Embarrassed, the doctors had reassured James that it was only his fever that had made him burn. Would he like more syrup, they asked. Will you murder and slay me, James retorted. It wasn't the disease that had made him burn, he insisted. It was that I had from the Duke of Buckingham. Buckingham not only had means and opportunity to kill his master, he also had motive. Buckingham's future hopes were linked to the war he and Charles intended to make on the Spanish and Austrian Habsburgs. Many of Buckingham's most dangerous political enemies were linked to the war party, and his new stance had drawn their sting. An army was already raised and paid for, but James had now sent orders for a stay of action. He had also arranged for the Conde de Gondomar, a former Spanish ambassador, to return to England so they could work together to preserve the peace James had signed with Spain in 1604. If Parliament's money, used to pay for the army, was wasted, Buckingham would gain new enemies to add to the old ones he hoped he had tamed. Prince Charles might also turn against him and so blast his prospects in the next reign. James was already old and his time was running out. It was, however, arguably more convenient for Buckingham if James were to snuff it before the war effort was ruined. On 27th March, James died, trying and failing to speak to Charles and with Buckingham holding his hand. It wasn't until the following year that the incident with the poultice and syrup entered the public domain. MPs were looking for the means to impeach Buckingham for corruption. The difficulty lay in finding anyone prepared to give evidence against the still powerful favourite. Then, in April 1626, a pamphlet appeared accusing Buckingham of having murdered James with the plaster and syrup that he had supplied for the king. The contents of this pamphlet were soon repeated in the London press. Parliamentary Select Committee immediately began cross-examining James's doctors. 
they discovered Buckingham had twice violated rules that only the royal physicians could prescribe and administer drugs. And one doctor insisted that what Buckingham had given James was no better than poison. The House of Commons laid formal charges against Buckingham before the Lords in May. Thirteen offences were listed. The last accused him of an injury to King James in an act of transcendent presumption and of dangerous consequence. Charles dissolved Parliament on 15th June before the impeachment case against Buckingham reached the Lords. This would later be taken as evidence of his own involvement, an accusation that would have been levelled against him at his trial in 1649 had Charles recognised the court that would sentence him to death as a traitor and murderer. There are historians who have used these contemporary facts to add fuel to the old scandals and the claims of Charles's enemies. One recently argued that James was probably poisoned with anconite, derived from a genus of plant known as wolfsbane. The author even produced a new reason for Buckingham murdering James. The MPs in 1626 discovered that Charles had declined to insist James's treatment be left to his physicians. I would think this was because Charles had witnessed the royal physicians treat his brother, Henry's typhoid fever, by tying a dead pigeon to his head. He was at Henry's side when he died. Charles also knew that Buckingham and James had a long record of providing the other with treatment for their ailments. But the new argument runs that MPs believed the pair killed James to clear the way for a more majestic, stately conception of monarchy, which they had dreamed up together and which James had obstructed. Is this really likely from James, the leading advocate of divine right kingship? It is not. There are gripping true accounts of James's deathbed and juicy material on contemporary concerns about the homosexual nature of James's relationship with Buckingham for conspiracy theorists to make good use of if they wish. But they cannot overlook the fact that James's doctors all drank the same potion as he had, while one man ate the plaster, yuck, and lived for many years. What needs to be examined are the political, religious and diplomatic background to the accusations at the time. The April pamphlet of 1626 was produced by the Habsburgs to be used as black propaganda against Buckingham, who at that time was seeking war with Spain. They would never have guessed that the slander would pursue not only Buckingham, but also Charles to the end of his life and beyond. It is time to lay these lies to rest once and for all. If you are interested in learning more about James, Buckingham and Charles, you may enjoy my biography, White King, The Tragedy of Charles I, winner of the Historical Writers Association Nonfiction Crown. Or you are welcome to contact me via my website, Facebook or Twitter. Twitter.